Welcome to the Bear Hug Club, a pro wrestling podcast of positivity. Everybody, Greg here again, and welcome back to the Better Club for Wednesday night. Paul, definitely not doing this for the second time today because <laughs> I did not fuck up. <laughs> oh, Wednesday in. night, Paul. That's like when that's like AW Dynamite. <gasps> You've cracked it. Rhymes. Code, it does. We're geniuses. I know how it rhymes. <laughs> I know poetry. Greg here with Scott and Garrett again. How's it going, boys? Standard, That's oh, a, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. Sun, sun is shining, yeah. The weather's good. Uh, I'm gonna fucking out. drive to Devon, I swear to god. <laughs> you can try. <laughs> uh, we have um, we have a new mascot. Oh, we do, yeah. I went to IKEA. I, uh, I I built a, a, a 3D desk, uh, oh. and I, I got a a Jungelskog. A Jungelskog, mm-hmm. I believe that's how it's pronounced. I'm just making it up because it sounds that's what it is. Uh, we are the Bear Hug Club, right? Uh huh. Well, here is our new mascot. Uh, oh, big fat bear. look at that. And in honor of the topic today, and our favorite wrestler here at Bear Hug Club, uh, his name is Bo. Oh, would you believe it? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna dip into the fund and get my nice little shelf to put right behind Garrett. Because <laughs> you know we we have a fund. Wink. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it was either pay Scott or uh, get Younger Skog a little little shelf. It was one of the two. Yeah. Plus, we didn't need to pay Scott. He showed us all the money he had last week. He's just got notes exactly. all over about the place. He doesn't that is, need it. That's a callback. Yeah. yeah. See? I'm keeping it in my uh, money in the box of Stella box. <laughs> money in the Stella Artois 24 pack. <laughs> uh, which How many beers you got left, Scott? Are you, are you making uh, way through them? There's none in that box. Uh, I have not. I've yet to touch the next box. Oh, uh, there's a next box. How many boxes? Uh, there's four. Uh, that was that was one of them. Uh, I haven't touched box number two or three or four. Uh, I'm saving them for a rainy day. Okay. <laughs> Tune in next week for Scott's intervention. <laughs> I'm building a uh, a four out of the boxes that I'm getting from all this beer. No, you need to make a suit of armor like you see at fest like people at festivals. <laughs> we'll make we'll make oh, you some God. make yourself some ring gear out of it. <laughs> It'd be like a uh, kaiju big battle. Ah, uh, Lucha del mm-hmm. Stella. Anyway, well, we might as well crack on while we wait for Jace to show up because we have no idea where he is. He, he might be here. He might not be. Who knows? He, he could show up at any time. Uh, so, if people were obviously paying attention last week, I don't know how you would have missed it. Uh, following what was well, 
a struggle of an episode for us, like literally not long after we finished recording. WWE announced the release of some talent uh, in kind of a repeat of last year. It was like Black Wednesday all over again, except this time it was a Thursday. Um, Ten names were released this time. Um, as far as I'm aware, it was mainly just like talent this time around, wasn't it? It wasn't like any backstage people that's been announced. Uh, no high key ones, I don't think. No. Uh, no, no, like proper producers. Maybe more of the kind of backstage background staff, the production team. I think some of them have gotten let go. Uh, but uh, yeah, like you said, it was predominantly talent. Yeah. Uh, what, what was what was your thoughts on the names that they released before we kind of get too heavy into anything? Like initial thoughts when it happened. I was mostly just sad. Of course, there's the shock value names, your Iconics, your Samoa Joe. But then there's then there's Bo and Tucker and, yeah. and Kalisto. And you're like, oh, man, like, uh, like all of these guys were, were like so- somewhat involved in like some of NXT's best days, you know, directly, indirectly, especially Samoa Joe. It's, mm. it's almost like brings back a, a little bit of nostalgia there for me. Very sad. Yeah, I mean, it's just, as always, waste, wasted potential a lot of the time. I mean, with a, with a few of them who hadn't been on, on screen in a very long time, uh, I guess it's somewhat understandable in a way. Uh, still a waste and, and, you know, creative not doing their job or being stifled when they're trying to do their job. But then you have people like, uh, you know, Billy Kay, Peyton Royce, who have still been on TV and still been doing things. And, you know, one of them had a you know relatively high profile spot at Mania uh, in a match in just, just formed a new tag team and now breaking up again and now, you know, gone. So it's, um, it's just weird. It's just a bit of a madness. Bit of a madness. No, I agree. I think this time around, I think there was like a good consensus at least I think last year's was more of a worry and a shock because it was right in the midst of a global pandemic and there was that worry about what are they actually going to do for work because it went a lot of things weren't kind of running. Now things are a bit normality. I can easily see these people popping up in places fairly soon once mm. those 90 day no compete causes are out of the way. So I don't think there's too much cause to worry. But at the same time, you're right, it is shocking because they had this is some tremendous talent here. A lot of it saw we kind of saw their full potential but we could have easily seen more some of them just weren't allowed to reach that potential which was a shame um and i mean i i compiled a, like the notes for each person on this episode and you'll, you'll notice some trends about um what, what can essentially be like a death knell for when working in wwe when you kind of get to a certain point and they're like well you're clearly not going beyond here mainly revolving around the 24 7 title oh yeah yeah <laughs> oh yeah I, I definitely noticed that theme uh uh, uh with with because uh, uh, the the guys I wrote notes on vigorously beforehand, uh, of course, one of them being I I was going through the notes. I was like, okay, he seemed he seemed to be having a decent run of it. Oh, okay, they broke up the tag team. Oh, okay, this first thing out of the tag team was to win the twenty four seven title, and not even for that long. Um, <laughs> so I was just like, okay, that's that. Yeah, there we go. Well, all right, let's let's get down to. Let's get down to let's get down to business. They did it one year to the day after they did it the last time, mm-hmm. and just like last time, I'm pretty sure they have a an earnings meeting coming up with shareholders. Yeah. Last year, during a pandemic, to fire everyone then, um, and you know, 
put put livelihoods at at, at risk because if some people hadn't made good investments or you know well people people plan for the future right let's take um uh carl anderson and luke gallows right mm. they signed a five-year deal and then got terminated one year into that if if that even um but because you know the way that wrestling is and that they're private contractors or, or independent contractors or whatever it just doesn't matter to them uh hello jace hey jace hello hey, well, hey, it's, well it's going very well you've hit us on the on the on the heavy note already we sh- we're done with the funny <laughs> all right <laughs> we're going we're going heavy so okay, so like, okay. Let, uh, let me put my serious face on there we go oh there we go now you're geared up and ready um <laughs> right Luke Gallows, Carl Anderson, they just, let's say, let's say you've been told you got a five-year contract. It's like, all right, well, I know that this money's coming in. I'm going to make an investment on something. Let's say they buy a couple houses or or a house, you know, I don't know how much they were on, probably a house, a nice one. And they're like, cool, I can pay this off with this five-year contract. And then they get terminated with no sort of, you know, uh, uh, thing to fall back on. And it just screws them over. And and a lot of the people that were released probably weren't on as big of a salary as them, especially last year when it was a lot of the backstage people uh, who, you know, definitely didn't have uh, something to fall back on. And it was just so that they could then go to their shareholders the next week and say that they had the biggest profits that they've ever had ever during a global pandemic. If they didn't fire them, it would have still been the biggest profits they would have ever had because of the TV deals and because of uh, the time, the Saudi money and things like that, because there was no, there's just actually no need to fire them. We can, we can say for, you know, uh, for as long as we want, like, you know, they're not using talent properly and everything like that, but like they still hoard them uh, for no reason. And then just, just throw them away whenever they want. So to do it one year to the day, uh, is not just like tone deaf and insensitive. It's it's the same as when they uh, fired Punk on his wedding day, right? Yeah. And they've done many things like that. I wouldn't even be surprised if a lot of this was, you know, a text or just got uh, uh, one of the best. Because I love Punk, as you know. One of the best Punk segments was when he was, I think, Laurinaitis and Triple H were at a Cena and his contract signing, maybe. I know they were across the table from each other and Punk cuts a promo on on them and is like is like oh so you know you fired Kozlov and you did all this and you uh you fired Harry and uh and is like oh did you do that in person did you did you fly down from Titan Towers yeah no it was a it was a text wasn't it and all this kind of thing and it's like it's like yeah it's you know peering behind the curtain type thing but that's exactly what it is it's a billion dollar company that's making hand over fist money in a pandemic throwing out uh, people that have made them that money, um, and to do it one year today is a slap in the face, and they're going to go to their investors and they're going to be like, "Look at how much money we made," and then you know raise their bottom line by a tiny amount because they fired Joe. You always think that they like because like, it to do it like you said to the day that they got they had to have known they they had to. I know they're a very silly company. And do strange business in strange ways, so they must. But they must know. Well, because I, I, I think it's like, 
I, I think it's uh, uh, knowing it in a different way. I think it's literally Vince has on his calendar two weeks from now is the shareholder meeting. We need to make it look the best as possible. So we're just going to fire people. We're going to, you know, do just like we're going to lower the budget on craft services. We're going to do all this kind of thing. That's probably what it is. There's a bit in his calendar that says shave some off the bottom line ready for that and that's that's all it is like it, it was probably just i i bet if we look back over over a certain amount of time since they've been a publicly traded company i bet there have been a lot of things around this time frame where they've just sacked a bunch of people or or killed some kind of program that they were running just because they wanted it to seem really good for the investors because you know that what happens the investors are like Oh, look at how much money they're making. Let's give them more money. And the cycle <laughs> continues anew. Do we think, like, clearly when, the, when this comes up, they've obviously got a list of people. But how many of how these names do you think were actually on this list? And how many do you think it was just a case of that they wanted to go anyway? So it was just a case of, well, that's easily done. We'll let you go. I think Peyton Royce wanted to leave. Like, after that promo she cut on Raw backstage where she was like, give me an opportunity. And then the next week, she was given an opportunity, and she was squashed. Mm. I think after that, she was asking to leave, and they probably knew if they gave Peyton her release, Billy wasn't far behind. Yeah. They kind of go hand so in I think hand. That's, yeah, I think that's where that t- them two came from. From what I've read, Joe was wanting his release because... WWE wouldn't clear him to wrestle. Yeah. And as much as he liked doing commentary, which he did, he said he has a blast doing commentary. He wanted to, he want, he's a wrestler, he wants to wrestle. And since they're yeah. not letting him do it, he'll go somewhere else. Mm. Bo Dallas, can't blame him. He hasn't been used correctly since he left NXT. I mean, and he's spent the, uh, sat in catering or something like that. Yeah, yeah. he'd always be Kal- in his gear, like, ready to go. <laughs> he'd just be sat I'll, there, just I'll, like... I'll tell you what he's been doing when we get to it, because he's he's mine. Bo, Bo, just cal- calm, it, calm it down, Bo. <laughs> <laughs> well, what we'll do then, lads, I mean... Say hello to a baby. Bo! Down. Bo and a baby. Uh, <laughs> Bo uh, and the baby. Hey, Violet. Karen. Karen, the other Bo. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, hold on. Other Bo. Oh, she's going again. There we oh, go. Yeah. That's a that's a that's a mascot. That uh, what was it called again, Garrett? An uber blue uh, uh, A Yungo Skog. A Yungo Skog. Is that IKEA for better? Probably. I don't know. Uh, IKEA. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that IKEA for better? <laughs> 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 as far as far as we know, IKEA could just be throw like they could just get a handful of Scrabble letters and just throw them. <laughs> I swear that's how they come up with most most of the furniture names. No, what, it's what, because what it's Swedish words. 
that's what they tell you. I refuse to believe that. <laughs> you you can't have right bedside like or nightstand is a schnickel schnuckle schnoz carpet. <laughs> no. All right. Anyway. <laughs> Fuck you, Sweden. <laughs> diseases behind the uh, Swedish language. So that's Norwich, IKEA, and Sweden. We we've we pissed off in the last couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, we need we need a map, and we just start crossing off all the all the. <laughs> I'll put one on the website, and we'll just put like we'll just be called places we're not allowed to anymore. <laughs> Next week, stay tuned. We take the piss out of North Korea. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like that one would probably be fine. Yeah, that, that... yeah, they're not seeing this. Yeah, we just kind of should be should assume that we're not allowed there, anyways. I want to look yeah. at the uh, the Twitch analytics and just see like one one spot of one person watching it in North Korea. <laughs> okay, I've changed mine. Next week, it's not North Korea. Next week, it's Argentina. Falklands too. Let's get it going. <laughs> oh my god! Stop saying things. <laughs> so, kick it off, Greg. Let's, Let's kick go. Off. Let's roll before we get in any more trouble. So, what we're going to do? We're each going to kind of go through the names one by one, just kind of do a bit of a recap on what they did during the time in WWE, or if it was their like re- most recent run, what they did in that time, and then we're going to kind of discuss about what we thought of it, and what we think they might get up to now that they've left WWE. Uh, so I'll kick things off by going over Wesley Blake. Um, he joined WWE back in 2013 and was straight to NXT and the Performance Center. Um, something I didn't know about when I did my research was when he debuted on in January 2014, he was in a cowboy gimmick. Did, does anyone remember this at all? Not I at all. vaguely remember looking back and seeing that. because um, Yeah, I vaguely remember that. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I yeah. Well, anyway, it was it was the gimmick didn't work out. He was ultimately just the jobber, dropping out the names that were big in NXT at the time, like Adrian Neville and Adam Rose. Uh, of course, he eventually dropped that and would form a team with Buddy Murphy, where they just be called Blake and Murphy, and yeah. they went on to have quite a decent success. Eventually, they won the tag team titles from the Lucha Dragons in January 2015. Uh, they would enter a long feud of Enzo and Cass, which was arguably NXT's most popular tag team at the time, with Blake and Murphy constantly retaining the belts. I remember that feud vaguely because it was one of those things where there was constant moments you thought, this will be the moment they'll put the belts on Enzo and Cass, uh, finally beat them, and it never happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would be during that feud as well, they would add Alexa Bliss to the group as well. Um, eventually, though, they did drop the belts to the Vaude villains at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn, which ended their reign at around 219 days. So they had a pretty impressive run for belts. Not bad uh, for dubstep boys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, on May 18th and 2016 edition of NXT, the team would split up after losing a match to Shinsuke Nakamura and Austin Aries. Uh, both Murphy and Bliss would eventually obviously get the call up to the main roster, where they would have some decent success and still have to this day. Blake, however, would kind of revert back to a drama role, just making sporadic appearances. Uh, eventually, though, after being off TV for a while in August 2018, him and Steve Cutler with Jackson Riker would form the new team, the Forgotten Sons. Um, although not reaching similar success to the previous team, they did get a lot of feature on TV, but then had a few merits that included 
getting to the finals of the 2019 Dusty Classic, and they also completed, uh, competed in a really good fatal four-way ladder match at TakeOver 25. Uh, the trio eventually did get the call-up as well at the main roster in April 2020, where they beat the likes of the Lucha House Party and the New Day, so they did start off pretty strong. Uh, but they also sort of changed the gimmick, so they were portraying themselves as like American Patriots, with Cutler, Cutler and Riker highlighting the yeah, exactly the service in the Marines. <laughs> However, the gimmick was dropped due to a tweet by Jackson Riker, supporting President Donald Trump, which led to some serious backstage heat and backlash from a lot of people on social media and within the fan base. That caused them to be taken off television for a while until December. Uh, Blit and Cutler did return as the Knights of the Lone Wolf, so they were accompanying King Corbin, and they helped him to defeat Murphy. However, though, it wouldn't last. Cutler was first released in, back in February at the beginning of this year, and then obviously followed by uh, Blake the, this last week. So, what a roller coaster! Yeah, very mixed bag. Yeah. It was one of those names that just constantly seemed like when he could have been on the verge of being quite big, something would just happen and he'd be the one to cause drop. Not by his own fault as well. I mean, both times it was just a tag team that took took off with the other member, or it was one of the other members completely fucking up for the other people. It, it's um. I guess it's almost unfortunate that he was one of the people that kept being put with others. And then WWE have this thing of breaking up teams for no good reason. What they could have done is they probably could have put some random in the Forgotten Sons because, you know, they've been forgotten. And just had him come up with uh, with Seth and, and Murphy and had them tag. Because why not? He'd have made the dog, perfect for disciples, obviously, given Murphy was one as well. Yeah, it's it's all well and good. Seth Rollins having a cult gimmick if he only ever had one disciple. Uh, yeah. It, it, yeah, get get the guys from the Forgotten Sons on it. Like, especially uh, if you I'll want, you know, I have you know, he had Austin Theory for like a two a day. Oh yeah, true for like a moment. He had AOP for he, like a hot, then, a hot month. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Then 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 they realize. Hold on, I thought cults were all meant to be about LSD. And fucking bitches, and then they left. <laughs> you're on. You're, you're on one today. <laughs> How many beers have you had? <laughs> I've been watching a lot of Manson family documentaries. <laughs> I'm scared now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Blake. I'm Blake legally, was fine. I'm, I'm legally what? changing my name to Charlie. Let's just say that. <laughs> but yeah, Blake was fine. <laughs> um. Yeah, Blake, Blake was. Blake was great. Um, was he Aussie as well? I can't remember. Uh, I will uh, check. I don't think he was, though. Let me check. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's just really funny to me if he was Aussie in the American stable, where they're just like, yeah, we're patriots. Yeah, we're fucking patriots. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, he was He was from Texas. Okay, all right. Yeah, I mean, they were bad as a team, from what I remember. Murphy is, uh, is a next-level talent, though. Mm. So... I, I maybe if if Blake had that chance to to shine as well. Well, I think one of the reasons that um, Murphy was able to be noticed was because he actually had a program with Alistair Black in NXT. They did like the house show circuit for like five months just to like show off Alistair Black as he was moving up, which you know must have got people's attention because apparently they just tore the house down every single night. And maybe if Blake was able to get that kind of exposure with another talent, then you know. He might too have joined him up there, but unfortunately not. But maybe we'll see him somewhere else. Who knows? What, uh, what Blake and Murphy reminded me of was if you've ever watched TNA in the early days, 
is uh, America's Most Wanted, mm. which was James Storm and Chris Harris. And mm. when they broke up, James Storm went on and had an amazing career in TNA. And Chris Harris sort of faded. It's right. the My Genetti effect, basically. Yeah. It's sort of like that. Yeah. It's sort of like that. Yeah. But I think it's like, because Chris Harris actually, well, Chris Harris and James Storm appeared in TNA, and both of them were just like, nah, fuck this. But it's sort of like, because Chris Harris did try to make new teams and was putting into new teams and had different gimmicks, and through no fault, no fault of his own, it all kept falling apart. So he never got that to that level of James Storm. It's sort of the same with Blake and Murphy. Mm-hmm. So Murphy went straight into like a singles singles push. Well, not straight away, it took a while. And he's like now where he is, which, and Greg, you said about him, was it Greg or Garage? One, one of his. Interchangeable. Um, yeah. I mean, he's similar. <laughs> and <laughs> anyway, like the, the, the thing with Alistair Black and Murphy, like that just, showed like when they were doing the them matches on pay-per-views on the main roster they were the best matches of the night every time and i'll probably if blake had been put in that place because he's a damn good wrestler oh yeah it probably would have been this probably would have been a similar similar situation because I, I, I think blake was like if you look at the forgotten sons matches they were so good mm. the matches they had they knew what yeah. they were doing like none of them were bad but I think it's just Blake just got the dealt the bad hand. Yeah, yeah. He was but, a victim um, of circumstance for sure. Like yeah, the fact that the fact that he was the forgotten member of uh, two basically stables because Alexa Bliss and, like you said, Murphy went on from the uh, the dubstep boys basically uh, to become much bigger of course they're now a mainstay on the main roster and now uh, despite the fact that Jackson Riker was the one that got them in trouble in the first place now he is the one that's a mainstay because he's now with Elias it's, it's uh, purely because yeah. he he looks like a roided out uh, veiny boy that's that's why he's there because he is the, the big one yeah Vince um, will forever what is it? protect his meat as long as <laughs> What what is what is it uh, King Ross? King, what is it? What is it? King Ross from Cultaholic says not that he's King Ross anymore. Uh, is it beef? Something Vince about beef. Mc, Vince McMahon, Vince McMahon likes big sweaty men. Likes big sweaty men. Oh, that's a, that's yeah. an old cut. That I've not seen. <laughs> I've not seen that in a while. <clears throat> All right. Well, uh, when we go through each person, let's just talk about where we'd like to see them. It's not as easy uh, as like your Samoa Joes, where you can go to the like you know previous things and whatnot. But I think I think Blake would be a, probably a pretty good fit in something like a like an Impact, you That's know, what I was gonna say, or, or even Ring of Honor, know. something like that. I, I think I was going to say a Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor, mm. definitely. Yeah, definitely. It would be a good place to reinvent himself. Maybe go back to the yeah. cowboy gimmick. <laughs> well, I mean that that worked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that to be fair, if he goes to Impact with the cowboy gimmick. And has a feud with James Storm. Like that can be the making of them because they can both go. Mm. So what's interesting ye- is. Yeehaw, fellas. What's interesting is you can usually <laughs> yeah. obviously look at where they might have been previously before coming to WWE, and usually, oh, well, they'll probably just go back there. For Wesley, it looks like he basically trained with the Funks 
did a few little things with them, then came straight to WWE. He didn't really do much with the independent circuit, so it's if anyone's guess. The, we if he trained with the Funks, then I'm going to be disappointed if we don't see him in ICW or WXW. Oh, that'd be that'd be pretty neat. I mean, he's uh, in the unfortunate circumstance where probably to a, ge- a generic fan, name brand isn't going to get you too far. Mm-hmm. So it, like you say, it might have to be a, a reinvention. But yeah, I, th- no, I feel I, like I, an, I an impact to start and ring of honor, things like that. I didn't mean like using the gimmick he's currently got. I mean, like completely reinvent himself. In oh yeah, yeah, no, I know, I know, I know. But what what I mean is like he hasn't. When while he was there, unfortunately, like being paired with everyone and like kind of being shunned to the side, he wasn't able to build name value in himself. Yeah, brand, yeah. right? So, yeah. so you know, we'll, we'll we'll see where he ends up. Hopefully, on his feet. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. <clears throat> right. Well, we'll move on to the next one. Uh, Scott, I believe you are going to take us through Tucker. Oh, Tucky! Oh, Tucky! Tucky, Tucky! Tucky. This is a man. That's the end of my pitch. That's a man. <laughs> so Tucker, formerly Tucker Knight, is a former amateur wrestler. I believe he finished eighth in some kind of tournament, and he got some big. He got like a title for it. Uh, and he, uh, and um, yeah, he he also has a degree in accounting. This is before his. This was his, this was his indie circuit, I guess. Uh, then, of course, they he was sent because of his amateur wrestling back, background to charts at NXT, which of course he went in. This was back in 2013 when he signed with them. He he would he would work NXT live events for a couple of years and made very little appearance on kind of broadcast TV. He was very much enhancement talent when he first came in. Like one of like his first televised matches him losing to Baron Corbin, I believe. Until eventually, somewhere down the line, he he ends up uh, in July of 2016, forming everyone's favorite uh, big boy tag team, the Heavy Machinery Boys. Uh, and what a finisher! Just two big men jumping on you. Great. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is of course formed with Otis Dozovich, um, and they would have a couple. Every time they'd challenge in NXT, they'd always fall short. Like I got a couple of times. That it, yeah, they 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 were in two Dusty Roads uh, tag team tournaments. Uh, they had a go at audience uh, audience of pain, authors of pain. Uh, <laughs> and whilst they were in NXT, they popped over to the um, Greatest Royal Rumble. Well, Tucker specifically, who came Tucker in at did. number four. Yeah, came in at number uh, number twenty four, eliminating Drew Gulak, but then was eliminated by Big E. I did. I wasn't able to find how long he lasted, but that's just an indictment. <laughs> yeah, and uh, not long after, just kind of coasting around NXT, being like the big boys that would occasionally challenge, and their character not really going past that. They would. They were very suddenly announced in December 2017, 2018, uh, that they'd be joining the main roster, which I even remember looking at and thinking, okay, I mean, I see why. Big big boys love the big leagues, I guess. Yeah, and they'd, they'd actually see better success on the main roster because they had, like, vignettes that would allow... Um, Otis to kind of go a bit weird on the mic. This didn't stop him from having the oddest debut on the planet where they interrupt an 
interview segment between Bliss and Heyman where Otis just makes some noises at them and then Tucker had to escort them away backstage and that was their full (laughs) debut. Uh, Oh, what this thing we love it's great this this wrestling thing oh in their actual debut match though it was actually they had a really good kind of half squash match against the ascension this was relatively at the same time where tucker knight just simply became tucker and otis dozovich became just otis writing on the wall writing on the wall and yeah from there like they would just be like kind of lost in the shuffle mostly that they would they would be in the andre the giant battle royale they would face brian and rowan a couple times in a couple pay-per-views losing um of course just a bunch of kind of battle royale type tag team matches that they would be involved in and have some high spots but always end up kind of falling short to tag teams that were always a lot more hotter than than them at the time and um yeah after that is they just started putting otis over it's very much like wesley blake where they saw more potential in the tag partner because otis was having all the he was having all these bits backstage he'd be making the funny noises calling tucker tucky which was great bearing in mind and they would uh have this thing where There was the love triangle angle where the whole Mandy thing started out. Uh, It was like Mandy, where it was like it started off Mandy Rose and Dolph Ziggler. Then it became apparent that the higher ups saw more potential to notice, of course, leading to a high profile match WrestleMania 36, where Mandy started. You know, like the whole Mandy and Otis ship became a thing which was great, uh, but Tucker very much fell into the wings for that whole thing, kind of like a bystander. Uh, a fun little aside, uh, part of the Mandy thing. They, in one of the vignettes, where I think they went on a date or something to a pool, uh, the pool that they used was uh, Matt Cardona, uh, Zack Ryder's pool. Uh, after he oh, got fired, they were like, yes. can we please use your pool for this? really yeah yeah i I think i think chelsea green at the time was was part (laughs) of uh was part of the roster so who's talking about her today (laughs) i think that's me uh no totally right it it was just someone else just uh tucker just getting lost by the wayside because like you'll have to refresh me but like he didn't even end up becoming part of Otis going heel or or like him breaking away. They just kind of stopped, didn't they? Oh, oh no, he was long gone by then. So what happened before that was that Otis wins Money in the Bank and Tucker falls mm-hmm. further into the background. And sometimes WWE do this thing where they like, oh, it's the jealous tag team partner because the other guy's getting all the thing. And they nearly did that where Tucker turned heel on Otis not long after the brand split where they were split on to SmackDown and Raw respectively. Yeah, and there was there was enough story opportunity there and they were both they're both good wrestlers. I mean Tucker comes from an amateur background. I mean like they can have a good match. We've seen heavy machinery put on good matches, but nothing happened. Like well, that was the thing. So they did pull the trigger on Tucker turning on us because he cost his money in the bank to the Miz, if I remember correctly. Mm. But 
before they could build any story, they were like, okay, brand split, you're going over there, you're going over there. So literally, yeah. they just kind of ripped the storyline away from them. It was like, well, what was the point? That's pointless. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I barely remember it. It's like it's like all of these stories that just don't go anywhere. Nothing happens. It's it's like it, Raw and SmackDown are like wrestling schools right now, where it's literally just like just just try out some new gimmicks and see what happens and what sticks. It's like Raw Underground is never coming back and was was no. why why do they do it? It's like someone was just like I'm just gonna test this out. It's like you're you're the big leagues. You're the biggest league. Do it. You know, commit. Yeah. Don't yeah. be a, a rise of Skywalker and wreck on everything. Just commit to the Last yeah. Jedi and continue it. Well, Just commit. You're the Premier League to Sunday League. Yeah. Yeah. They're nah, they're they're done. European Super League, my friend. They're 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 the highest of the high. That's topical. Topical. <laughs> topical. Topical. Uh, that honestly, that was that was just really topical. Really top. Boat, get down. <laughs> <laughs> I can still see his head. Yeah, the top of his head. It's always there. Uh, <laughs> to, he's to, sneaking into frame. To finish the Tucker story, and to finish it out, finish it off with a whimper as well, and to go very much with what Greg said earlier about there being a recurring theme, uh, on his new brand, uh, he wins his first title in WWE, the 24-7 title, two weeks after he joined. He then dropped it seconds later to Grand Matter League literally moments later in a roll-up um he would disappear after taking part in the andrew memorial ba- uh, andre the giant memorial battle royal where on the page it didn't even say who eliminated him he was just he, <laughs> at some point he was just out of the match uh like and, yeah. he was just in the ring it glitched and all of a sudden he was just outside the ring <laughs> yeah it's just half his torso was through the floor at one moment and then he was just shot out like a cannonball onto the ramp and, uh. he, was, he was he was he was in the simulation from rick and morty and it was on one percent <laughs> capacity <laughs> that's what happened <laughs> But yeah, that's a, that's a sad. And Tucker has since been posting like a lot of tweets, a lot of tweets, trying to do the whole like um, I want to tell my fucking story kind of thing. And I bet it's a good one. And I bet he's yeah. just going to end up on some podcast spilling the beans. And I, I genuinely uh, look forward believe, to it. I believe Jericho he's going to be on, Jer- on. Jericho. Yeah. Jericho's um, podcast. What was the um? What, what was the main picture he posted? It was him playing golf, but he was also smoking a joint. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, he looks happy. But yeah, well, so he, he, he has said he's going to be on Jericho soon, then doing his well. He's off. he's an accountant, right? So he's probably yeah. invested well. So good on him, yeah. you know. Yeah, That's a degree and a, a degree in accounting whilst you're amateur wrestling mustn't be easy. Yeah, especially if you. That's probably why you finished eighth. Didn't realize he had the accounting just background. Just, would you mean? Would you think that means he could probably just won't bother wrestling anymore? Then maybe he'll just do. It depends how much he loves it. Um, yeah, if he loves it enough, maybe like like sporadic indie appearances or something. Things or it's like uh, it's like Xavier Woods. He's got a PhD in psychology. Hmm. So like, I think unless he has a career-threatening injury where he has to retire, that's just something to fall back on. It's like uh, Nikki Cross has, I believe, just completed her masters in. like sports physiotherapy or something, something similar yeah. to that. And again, that'll just be something to fall back on if 
she has to retire or for when she retires or when she's fired yeah like she's already said like if she like not come out outright and said it but if she does get sacked from wwe she's going back to icw mm. she's going to do, oh. do the indie she she loves it that much like yeah, she'll she be... said her, her job is wrestling yeah. it doesn't matter who she's wrestling for mm-hmm. and that means she'll technically still be on the network ICW's on the network now. So. Yeah. Um, well, all right. Well, as a tangent, you know, WWE came in and European Super League to the Indies in the UK right. with uh, NXT UK, and I wouldn't be surprised they if you know. Be a lot of, well, I mean, ICW and and right. whatnot are are kind of subsidiaries of WWE at this point. So I I wonder if if wwe are able to do a kind of leverage thing and and if things end on bad terms they're, they're able to go don't give her work you know <laughs> that's just what i worry about with wwe yeah. because yeah because it, one, of the, one of the biggest things about one of the biggest things about bad things happening i can't remember the name of it but it's like you just don't believe that bad things are happening because it's just that's like that's too preposterous like you don't believe that uh uh nestle like basically causes droughts and then forces women to like buy their breast milk powder not bre- well, just milk powder to feed their children because they can't breastfeed because they're like malnourished you don't believe it because that's ridiculous you don't believe like the president of nestle says that uh uh water isn't a human right uh but it's all true and it's the same with wwe you know they're basically uh uh the ones with the water and we're uh what's what was my point wwe bad <laughs> That, that, <laughs> yeah. You said you can't remember the name of that's called American Racism Syndrome. American Racism you, Syndrome. You don't believe America's a lot of people don't believe America's racist, right. but it fucking is. That's the same here. You know, uh, a lot of our politicians are saying because when the, the Chauvin the Chauvin trial just finished, right? And he was found guilty on three charges, which was obvious because we all saw it. But um, you then had people like Boris Johnson and uh, Sajid Javid and all these people being like, "Black Lives Matter." This is a this is yeah, great. And it's like you just you just published a report that said racism doesn't exist in the UK. What? Anyway, uh, I think Tucker's going to be fine. You just okayed a, a policy that makes it for the police can arrest anyone protesting for anything. But yeah, Tucker, yeah, Tucker will be fine. He'll be fine. Impact would be a, a good fit. I think he could work in a um, NWA power setting uh, as a, as a big man. Uh, I I see that. I see that in his future. Maybe you know. I don't know. Wherever he wants to go, he can go. You know what I mean? If he pushes the golf you know and weed gimmick, I'm all for that. Yeah, that's that's a mighty combo. You so he's going to be that. a combo. He's going to be a combination of. Chavo Guerrero when he was Kerwin White and Matt Riddle. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm fine with this. I'd watch it. I'd watch I mean, it. Yeah. I think he had a class day yesterday. Who else had forgotten about Kerwin White? No. <laughs> Never forget. <laughs> All right. Who's next, Gregory Greg? It's you, buddy. Take us through Mojo Raleigh. <laughs> Uh, get hyped, boys, because it's your Hi. boy, Mojo Rawley. Hold on, yeah. let me just go to my backstage interviewer. 
uh, uh, Warad Ginter. Uh, hold on, let me just get get my backstage microphone out. <laughs> <laughs> So, Mojo. Hold on. Let me just get my... So, Mojo. <laughs> uh, you joined in... Uh, 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 when did you join? Wait, hold on. When did you join? That one. I signed August 2012 where I reportedly directly to NXT in the Performance Center. I made my television debut on May 29, 2013 episode of NXT, competing in a battle royal that was won by... Wait, where is he? It was won by Bo Dallas. <laughs> this is not easy to do. Um, well, you can go now. I'll continue this interview without you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, he'd have various degrees of success over the coming months in both singles and tag team action but did not do much of note that was until June 2015 when he formed the Hype Bros tag team with Zack Ryder the team would have some decent success but never managed to win the NXT tag team titles they did feature in some notable multi-person tag matches including teaming up with Enzo Amore uh, uh, and Colin Cassidy to defeat Jason Jordan, Chad Gable, and the mechanics at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn, and teaming with Bailey against Blake, Murphy, and Alexa Bliss, where they emerged victorious. Remember the, when On the July 19th, were called the mechanics? That's mad. Uh, I'll have you know, I like that you still call them the revival. Yeah. Oh. That's basically like calling them divas. Uh... <laughs> On July 19th, Rawley was called up to the main roster as a supplemental pick in the 2016 WWE Draft, where he would continue his run with Ryder. Despite featuring in many matches and gaining a few shots, the team never was able to hold tag team gold. The team would come to an end in December 2016 after Ryder sustained a knee injury. Uh, he would revert back to being a single star, doing not much of note, mainly wrestling matches on SmackDown and the occasional pre-show bout before a pay-per-view. Rawley's biggest career win would come on the WrestleMania 33 kickoff show with the help of Gronk. Oh, best of friends. Uh, Rob Gronkowski uh, <laughs> of, uh, of, the, of the Patriots, but now not the Patriots. Who's he with? He, went, he just followed uh, uh, Brady, didn't he? To somewhere else. Texas, maybe? Uh, I don't think so. Somewhere. Whoever they went with. Anyway. Um, yes. At WrestleMania 33, he would get a uh, win, winning the Andre the, ba Andre the Battle of the Giant, the Battle of the Battle of the Giant, the movie, the video game, Battle Royal. <laughs> Princess Bride. Uh, when he eliminated Jinder Mahal. After months away, Ryder returned and the Hype Bros reformed. They would have a few opportunities at the titles, but never succeeded, which eventually caused dissension between the two. This ultimately led to Rawley turning heel and betraying Ryder. Ultimately, following this, the last few years of his time with WWE did not produce much of note. He had a few shots at the US title, competed in a few Royal Rumbles, but ultimately became more of a jobber and would be off TV completely for long periods. There was a glimmer of hope. 
when on January 28th, 2019, episode of Raw, Rawley began to appear in pre-recorded segments talking to an off-screen person, blaming them oh. for his lack of success, before being revealed that he was talking to a mirror. This came with a, let's say, new look, and appeared to be gaining some uh, popularity with the fans. But for whatever reason, for whatever reason, it was quickly dropped. Now, <laughs> now, now, what reason... Uh, where did I put it? Uh, where, for what reason? No, wait, hold on. <laughs> I need to find it. Hold on, this one. No, oh, shit. For what reason would that be? It's going slowly. Hold on, I have to use the the keys. Shit. Wait, where is it? It's. Hold on. Trevor, this Trevor was so well timed, and then I just can't. Bollocks. Um. Uh, fuck. Uh, uh. Try to, to set that, uh, try to set that up again, and then we'll we'll key you in, and I'll just edit it out. There it is. Oh, <laughs> I don't know where it went. Anyway, uh, hold on. Uh, uh, for what reason would that be? Hmm. Hmm. Why was it dropped? Hmm. Yes, he was blue. Uh, he had a blue cracked face. And that was it. He looks so much like Sami Zayn. <laughs> Sami Zayn, but with short hair and a bit more muscly. I can see anyway. where he's going to be a tag team. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so that slowly faded out. He did some more segments uh, with Gronk and, and then had a 24-7 championship stuff. And then he, he had a little bit of hype come back because I think Gronk was there for a, a bit and now he is gone. Yeah. They literally brought back him as the hype character just so he could introduce Gronk as the host yep. of 36? Was it 36? Yeah, 36. I think so. Yeah. God, that was a year ago. <laughs> yeah. Thoughts on Mojo Rawley. I was never... The guy was massively behind him, but I know at one point he was quite popular with the fans, I guess. Um, he was cool. To be honest, the, the hype character is not actually that bad. Like, I think it, it probably appealed very well to kids, I'd assume, uh, and things like that. And there's nothing wrong with that. So, yeah, it, it wasn't bad. The He wasn't that bad in the ring i quite i to be honest that the way he changed up his moves to be the hype character was pretty good like one of his moves was just a running shoulder tackle or and things like that and and uh yeah it, it was pretty good yeah. overall i could uh oh his energy and yeah. his commitment he he was he 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 the the man basically pelted it to the ring, Ultimate Warrior style, and just like ran the ropes as quick as he possibly could the entire time, like a roid bunny. Uh, and he was he was mad. Uh, and like I I I liked the Hype Brothers as a tag team. I thought them trying to get over the chant of "He ain't hyped" is a little bit far-fetched because no one was ever really buying it uh and it felt like a it felt like someone something they were just like oh if we do it enough then people will like it and it's just like oh no uh so yeah no it's 
and then then they just he was just cannoned into the main roster when he wasn't really properly ready. Mm-hmm. All right, quick fire. Let's go. Where's he going? What's he doing? Impact again. That's the only place I could possibly see him going. Well, it only makes sense to go and do some stuff with Matt, Matt Cardona. Uh, he's he, he's going to Minneapolis Pro Wrestling. Ah, I think he's going to quit wrestling and start a podcast. No, I, I think with Ryback. With Ryback. <laughs> oh my God! Wow. I think he's just going to tour the indies and not even like the. The, the, the well-known indies. He's the not, Simon Gotch indies. Yeah. He's just yeah. going to do whatever he can do. He's going to chart. He like, the whole budget for that show is going to go on him. And <laughs> they're going to have eight people in the crowd. Wow. <laughs> brutal. <laughs> Fucking brutal. Couple of hot takes. Yeah, you're very, uh, I know I'm the pessimist, but you're very <laughs> pessimistic. You're very me today. <laughs> Brutal. That, that's just, oh, that's well. just what I think. I think he's I going to New Japan and he's going to win the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. He's going to shoulder tackle Osprey. <laughs> he's literally <laughs> going to shoulder tackle the sun, and he's going to end <laughs> all of humankind. And and then if you you look slightly behind him, Rob Bron- Gronkowski is going to be on the barricade. Like uh, <laughs> next. Next, Osprey is going to lose the title to CM Punk at Wrestle Kingdom. Oh, we had to bring this up. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. It has to. Be, it has to be done. I demand it. He can't, he can't lose it to CM Punk if Mojo has already ended all of <laughs> He's losing it to CM Punk. That's uh, who's happened. next, Greg? Me, I'm up next. Um, next was Chelsea Green. So, da, da, da. before her recent run of WWE, Green actually had made a brief appearance uh, between 2014 and 2015. Uh, she appeared in the feud between Brie Bella and Stephanie McMahon on the August 11th, 2014 episode of Raw. Um, she was Daniel Bryan's physical therapist, uh, Megan Miller, but conf- and confessed that the two had had an affair before Bella stormed the ring and slapped her. And then following that, she also appeared under her real name as a contestant on the sixth season of the relaunch of Tough Enough, finishing fourth uh, for the females. Um, however, Green, as we know for this run, was in 2018 when she signed with NXT and made the debut um, at live events around about October time of that year, uh, competing as in the psychotic gimmick. Uh, I think that's sort of an off she did on the indies. Um, however, she suffered a broken wrist during her first TV match on the March 13th, 2019 of the TV t- uh, t- t- tapings and underwent surgery the following day. Uh, she returned in June with her mo- first most notable moment being when, on December 23rd, 2019 edition of Raw, she appeared in competition in a losing effort to Charlotte Flair. Uh, January 8th, 2020, she was announced as the first member of professional wrestling manager Robert Stone Stable. Partnership looked like it was going to have some good potential. It was very entertaining, but ultimately it did not amount to much for the pairing ending in May of that year. 
Greenwood also have a few matches and the odd number one contendership, but um, never got close to getting in the title picture in NXT. Uh, she would make a SmackDown debut on the November 13th edition of the show, where she participated in a fiddle forward qualifying match against Morgan, Natalia, and Tamina to earn a shot at the Survivor Series women's team, which Morgan won. Uh, following the match, it was revealed Green had broken her wrist again, and that planned finish, which saw Green winning, had to be changed. After months of inactivity on April 15th, 2021, uh, she was obviously released from her contract despite signing the, a three-year deal back in November. Uh, prior to her release, it was then revealed that Green had been told that there were some plans to have her in a storyline with Mickey James, which would be kind of a reversal of James's original story that she did uh, in OVW. Um, it was kind of like the reversal of the sort of stalker gimmick that James did when she debuted um, against Trish Strass, that super fan thing. So... Could have been quite interesting to see how that played out. I think this is a case of where Chelsea Green, we haven't seen the best of her yet. I personally think she could end up in AEW because I think she is a good talent. And it was just a lot of unlucky circumstance. It's one of those situations where she kept getting injured. And usually if you get injured so many times in quick succession, WWE just kind of like goes, well, we're kind of done with you then. So so that that like uh, psychotic bride gimmick she's done before, and it's genuinely tremendous. She's such a good character worker. Uh, the Mickey James thing they were doing on Twitter and uh, I think the socials for like quite a while because mm-hmm. you know they probably thought it was happening and it would have that would have been a great story. Uh, yeah. and you know, there is someone else on this list that also has been released that might mean that this story could continue anyway. Uh, somewhere else, um, it's Mickey James. Mickey James has also been released. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, <laughs> I, I think that I think that the two of them could put on a great little little thing going forward. Maybe end up tagging, do a bunch of whatevers, and and I think they'd be great in like you know knockouts division. Um, AEW are, are slowly bringing their their women's division up. Uh, you know, people like Britt Baker and Sheeta leading the charge there. Oh. Uh, having having a Mickey James in your locker room and and a Chelsea Green with only bolster that uh but yeah like you say it's just it was very unfortunate uh mm-hmm. with just injuries abound um yeah it was unfortunate i was um the side the thing i was very disappointed about that was the whole robert stone brand thing not going anywhere because like i mm-hmm. generally miss having proper managers in wrestling because mm-hmm. that's just not bit like across most promotions that's just not been a thing and i thought that was going to be a return to like you know having managers back in the company and it looked like it was going to be really fun and really interesting and then it just kind of petered out and i don't think stone's even been on xt for like well over like a good few months now i think no he's 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 there occasionally Um, i think he was there like a week or two ago where he got attacked by i forget who but um but yeah no i agree i mean they know it works and they know it's good and if Hmm. they don't start building up new managers then you know you're never gonna have another Heyman type because the biggest support well the person with the, the highest belt in all of the land is a loss break but the person with the highest belt in in all of the land is supposed to be Roman Reigns um with his manager uh Paul Heyman and mm-hmm. it's the best it's the it's the best I, I I saw a lot of stuff that Robert Stone was doing quite comedic um but it uh, it works it's very fun I think that would have worked really well for her. Another shame that that didn't continue. Yeah. With me, with me and Chelsea Green, like I never knew much about her going in to WWE, mm. and like 
I didn't really see much of her in WWE, so I wasn't really aware of what she can do. But then when she was released, I saw people like Mick Foley, X-Pac, Austin Aries, like so many big names saying she can carry a company, not just a division, a company. A company. Like, that's when I was like, right, I, I need to go back and see what what she can do. Yeah. And yeah. if that's the case, I, I, I haven't managed to be able to get down to her because of work, but if that's the case, like, what the hell are WWE thinking? It 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 is like she as a as a character worker, tremendous. And I think um there are so many promotions that that need characters now. Uh and not only that, she can she can go as well. She's yeah. really good in the yeah. ring. Um can I can I just say about uh Garrett mm. saying Heyman being having the being the manager of the biggest title in the land. Am I the only one who wants to see a build to Survivor Series where it's just maybe from July, it's just Heyman and MVP just going back and forth. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could could build Lashley against uh, uh, Reign. That's what it needs to be. Yeah, yeah, without them even seeing each other. Yeah. Where it's just oh. MVP Heyman, that would be tremendous. That would that's, be great. That's going to be amazing. Hundred yeah. percent. Like that's my. That's what WWE do it. I'm calling yeah, you out, go. Vince. Yeah, I'm so behind that. <laughs> Once again, Vince, hire us as writers. Where you guys? Uh, we'd be fired in a day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who is next, Greg? Well, next to be re released was Peyton Royce. Jace, do you want to take us through this one? I wasn't Peyton Royce. Oh, you were Billy Kane. Oh, you were Peyton, Peyton Royce. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm Peyton Royce. <laughs> we're Peyton no, Royce. I'm Peyton Royce. <laughs> <laughs> let's not let's not do the arm um, sparkus. Let's just let you know it's done. It's outplayed. <laughs> Never. Thank you, Scott. So Peyton I'm Royce. <laughs> Peyton Royce. Peyton Royce uh, began her time with WWE after receiving a tryout during their WWE tour of Australia and became an NXT trainee on the 13th of April 2015. She made her, uh, well, on the indies beforehand, she wrestled for a company called PWWA and her name, Casey Cassidy, uh, continued into her televised in-ring debut on the 13th of May. Uh, episode of NXT where she would lose to NXT women's cha- uh, NXT women's champion Sasha Banks. She would continue uh, uh, on this trend for a little while, losing to losing a majority of her matches, basically being enhancement. Uh, on the seventh of August, she was given a new ring name, Peyton Royce, after being. The, I am Peyton Royce. Uh, after being a face throughout her NXT run, Royce became, uh, began wrestling as a heel after wrestling a match against Bailey. Started wrestling all rough. In October 2016, Royce formed an alliance with Billy Kay, later dubbed the Iconics. And this the all culminated. 
Uh, oh, the I'm just, I'm just, the I'm just iconic duo. Hold on, Greg. Yes. Why in Peyton? Oh yeah. <laughs> sorry, Scott. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No. Sorry. It was the iconic duo, not the iconics. Yeah. But the duo uh, subsequently entered a feud with Liv Morgan, which culminated in a six-woman tag match on the twenty-third of November episode of NXT, in which Morgan, Aaliyah, and Ember Moon defeated Royce K and Daria Berenato? Daria Berenato. Berenato. Who and where is she? Uh, <laughs> the pairing of Royce and Kay would prove popular due to their chemistry and having uh, been longtime friends before signing with WWE. This produced some hilarious promos and backstage moments. The pair would also uh, get their respective chances at the NXT Women's title, including a Brief, not too, uh, uh, a brief but notable feud with Asuka. Royce made her main roster debut on the 8th of April 2018 at WrestleMania 34, competing alongside several other NXT superstars in the first WrestleMania Women's Battle Royale, where she was eliminated by Sarah Logan. Royce and Kay, now dubbed the Iconics, made their uh, main roster debut on the 10th of April 2018, episode of smackdown live attacking smackdown women's champion charlotte flair oh that's another reoccurring theme while she was cut well, while she was cutting a promo about her match at wrestlemania 34 the pair were able to replicate their success in nxt by becoming a fan favorite with their funny promos promos and backstage segments i seem to recall a whole uh, youtube compilation of um them going are you fucking are you joking me uh, hey kayla <laughs> You're gonna be joking me. You gotta be joking me. Royce also saw some pretty big victories, both with Kay and separately, holding victories over the likes of Asuka, Becky Lynch, and Naomi. The first few months of 2019 would see the pair enter the Royal Rumble match on 17th of February at the Elimination Chamber. Iconics competed in a tag team Elimination Chamber match for the inaugural WWE Women's Tag Team Championship, which was won by Banks and Bailey. However, in in March, the Iconics started a feud with Banks and Bailey, who they defeated in a non-title match. And because of their win uh, and some other business, uh, they... Challenged um, Banks and Bailey for the championship at WrestleMania 35 in a fatal four-way match at the event, which took place on the 7th of April. The Iconics won and had their big WrestleMania moment after after Kay uh, pinned Bailey, uh, and they won the Women's Tag Team Championship uh, for the first time to a really good ovation, if I remember rightly. On the 5th of August episode of Raw, the Iconics lost the titles to Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross in a fatal four-way match. So many fatal four-way matches. It's how how you book a tag. It's how you book a tag division. It's just how you do it. (laughs) Never have tag matches. Only do fatal four-ways or chambers. Yeah, it's the Teddy Long rule. Teddy Long on steroids. It's not a tag match because that's the Teddy Long rule. It's fatal four-way match. With the Undertaker, so many people in the ring. Let's just have them do all their finishes on one another for the hold end. On, hold thing. on, hold on, hold on, player. You're going one on 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 one in a fatal four-way tag team match for the women's title. Why? With the with the Undertaker. <laughs> with the Undertaker. 
who's playing two of the teens. On on 16th of October 2019, it was announced that the Iconics had been drafted to Raw as supplemental picks of the 2019 WWE Draft. After a brief hiatus, Royce and Kay made their return on the 11th of May 2020, re-entering the tag title picture. Uh, the pair would then re then enter a back-and-forth feud with the Riot Squad. Uh, the pair would lose to the Riot Squad at the payback pay-per-view, and per the stipulation, they had to disband the next night on Raw. On the on the 12th of October 2020, during the 2020 WWE draft pick, uh, Peyton was moved to Raw, whilst her former tag team partner Billy was moved to SmackDown. They, there was like rumours that they were very high on Peyton backstage. Uh, she would begin to team with Lacey Evans until Evans announced her pregnancy. On the 22nd of March, 2021 episode of Raw, Royce would face Raw Women's Champion Asuka uh, in a losing effort, Royce's, uh, which is also Royce's last match before her eventual release. Whew. By the wow. way, um, would anyone like to take a guess as to who Daria, Daria Berenato is? Daria Berenato is um, the current Impact Women's Champion. Is she? Am I right? No. No? Oh no. no! I thought that was her name then. Mm-hmm. Oh, then I don't know who is it actually. It's Sonya Deville. It's Sonya Deville. Oh, is okay. it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What? Well, I'll be. I thought that was just the name they gave her. NXT. I was dead <laughs> wrong then. Yeah, I just say it, like before we get into discussing Peyton Royce, Sonya Deville mm-hmm. needs to get into that title picture properly. Oh yeah, she is so good. She's brilliant, and she, at the moment she's just like with Adam Pierce, I guess, as just like a co-organizer yeah. of sorts. Like she, she needs to get into that title picture. Like she is. Yeah. Like I loved her when she was with uh, Mandy Rose, mm. and I still love her now. Like, but she can go. Yeah, like, yeah. Especially, especially with, the, with the with the kickboxing background. She is one of those like rare occasions where she oh. shone brighter oh. on the main roster than she ever did in NXT. Yeah, all right, I see that. Hold on, yeah. hold on. Uh, in the space of a podcast, have I just turned face and Garrett's turned heel? Yes. We're, uh, <laughs> we're, 50-50 we're, 50-50 I, booking. I, I don't know. I, just, I think, I think character-wise, she's actually come a long way. And I, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't see it as much in the ring. She was fine. But but she didn't stand out any more than Mandy did. Uh, it was just I, another I tag team that shouldn't have been broken up, to be honest. Um, like I think she didn't shine in the ring because she was put in these really short tag matches with Mandy, and Mandy's fine. That's in the all, ring. all women's tag matches in WWE, though, unless it's a fatal four way yeah. at WrestleMania for no reason. Like, <laughs> but, like, uh, she was like, I don't want to say a lump with Mandy because Mandy's fine in the ring. She is getting a lot better as time goes on. But Sonia should have been on her own from the start. She should have had a longer sing should have had a long singles run in NXT and then debuted on the main roster. She was brought up too quick. The thing is, I, to be of- honest, I, I think I think you're a little bit rose tinted glasses because I don't I personally don't Mandy think Mandy Rose tinted <clears> glasses. Was that good. Uh, <laughs> I guess we'll just leave it there. <laughs> <Is> she... <laughs> yeah, all right. 
We'll just leave it there. Next. <laughs> Tell you what, before before we get into discussing Payne Royce, Chase, why don't you go through Billy K as well, and we'll just do them as a group. Oh, we'll do them as like a... Yeah, yeah it makes sense. There's no point to them because it, it lines up so much. Literally, the notes I would have sent you covers a little bit extra, but more or less the same. Yeah, so Billy K again... <laughs> Billy Kay again received a tryout with WWE during their tour of Australia in 2014. Became an NXT trainee in 2015. Made a TV in-ring debut on June 10th episode of NXT, where she competed in a losing effort to Becky Lynch under the ring name Jesse. On August 7th of 2015, she was given the new name Billy Kay. On the 13th of January. 2016 episode of NXT. She competed in a number one contenders battle royal for Bailey's NXT Women's Championship, which was won by Carmella. She would have a brief run as a jobber on the main roster before returning to NXT in July after asking NXT's general manager William Regal for a match at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 2 on the 17th of August. She was granted one against the debutante. Ember Moon in a losing effort. In October of 2016, she started an alliance with Peyton Royce, later dubbed the iconic duo, and entered a feud with Liv Morgan, with the duo attacking and defeating Morgan in singles matches. From this point, Kay's career ran in parallel with Peyton Royce. When the pair was split, Kay would then begin the storyline on SmackDown, where she would offer superstars like Street Profits, Big E, to look at her resume or need to have it be rejected. On New Year's Day 2021, she helped the Riot Squad defeat Natalia and Tamina, much to their annoyance. Over the next couple of weeks, she would try and persuade the Riot Squad to add her to the group. She accompanied them to the ring during the matches and attempted to interfere on their behalf, only seeming only to turned them face for the first time since 2015. She returned as a heel when she teamed with Carmella in the tag team turmoil match at WrestleMania 37, which was won by Natalia and Tamina. And then a couple of days later, she would be released. And apart from Samoa Joe, this is the one that pissed me off the most. Big Billy mm. Kay fan, huh? Mm. Not that I'm, like, I do love the Iconics. Like, yeah. I love both of them. But the thing that pissed me off the most was WWE, like Vince, Shane, whoever, even other wrestlers, Undertaker, Cena, Orton, said it doesn't matter if you're on screen for a full three hours, three minutes, whatever. Like, you make the most of your time. And Billy Kay managed to get hand in her resume over to other mm. wrestlers. So she was over with the fans. Yeah. Like, she was so over, and mm. they've let her go. And I think it's another one of them things of Vince giving people shit and it actually, and then making it stick that he doesn't like. Luckily, WWE don't need women's tag teams, clearly. So it's fine. It's not like they, they, have they don't use them anyway. Well, yeah. no, it's not like no. they have tag matches. They have tag team turmoil, whatevers, and they have four way. Who cares? And just 
just build attack division. Just some sake. it's just something for the all the other singles wrestlers that aren't being used right now to do. Well, the, uh, I mean, that's all it is. I, I I wouldn't be surprised if they were more on if if Vince was higher on Peyton than they were on Billy, because Peyton even started doing uh, bodybuilding things as well. Yeah, and she she did the like I don't know what they called like, bodybuilding like, tournaments. Um, Pey- Peyton's always been the better wrestler. Between the yeah. two of them, mm. but Billy, like after they brought the iconics up, I thought, right, that's it for Billy. She's never going to be used. She's never going to be seen again. But she was so good. I argue, so good. Billy kind of made she... more of the opportunity of the split than Peyton did. Yeah, Peyton had that yeah. one promo that we mentioned earlier, the one where it was like, "Oh, give me a chance, give me a chance, and I'll try and take it." And of course got destroyed by Asuka and then released like a couple a couple of days later yeah. really what wasn't even featured at Wrestlemania where Billy was yeah, yeah. true yeah, yeah very true exactly uh, I think it's it was definitely because like they need uh, well they, they really should be looking to build proper tag teams for this tag division they have for the women's titles but like like what like who's left now like as a proper women's tag team is literally just the white riot squad Riot Squad. Well, sure. <laughs> Riot Squad minus if you, one. If if you take Tamina and Natalia, then there's no, one. I don't. You don't? No, I don't take them as an yeah. actual tag team. Well, no, because there's the well, thing. That's what we're saying. Most of the teams are just throwing together single stars. What about Alexa Bliss and Tooth Puppet? <laughs> well, Alexa Bliss had made a tag team. out, out And... Mm, <laughs> But yeah, no, well, I'm sure, and Nikki Cross hasn't even been on TV yeah. and everything. She she was doing like a bunch of like vignettes and, and all this kind of stuff that was basically like, that was practically like, give me a mania match and I'll prove myself. And it's just, then nothing happened. And whatever. Whatever. That's a, that's like, there's so many women that WWE have that they're not using. Mm. Do another, do a. Another women's dusty type thing on the main roster where you do put maybe you put random people together, but you try and make teams and you make stories out of it and get and I don't know. It's almost like they don't have enough women for the for the tag, they think. Uh but you know, I just just right. Do we like tag wrestling? I like I like tag wrestling. WWE need to turn around to TNA or impact and say we want to buy a concept from you. And it's the Deuces Wild <laughs> Tournament. No, we want to, or, we want to buy the Can we buy the, the mentality the of good women's booking, please? No, just just the just the the Deuces Wild Tournament, where it was literally you'd get six wrestlers, however many wrestlers, and they'd all pick a name out the hat. That's their tag team partner for this tournament, and use that to build teams or rivalries. Yeah, or rivalries. It's well. The point. The point is just sticking with it. You know, the point is not making a team for WrestleMania and then firing them the next day. The point is keeping teams together and making something out of it. What happens when you keep a team together for longer than you normally do? Anybody want to throw out a team that's been kept together for a very long time that, you know, normally would have been broken up? Or let's say New the New Day. 
There you go. Yeah. Uh, some of the greatest uh, the Usos, like the, the Usos, uh, the Shield, even when they were together. You know, like keep teams together, Dudley and boys, build build tag out of it, make something happen. And when you oh. get a flash in the pan, right, that isn't even that long. Um, Edge and Christian were together for a year. You know of their careers they really weren't that a tag for that long in wwe but they left an impression because you let them have mad tag matches and you you just let them fucking you let them tag just <laughs> let them do it for more than like a couple weeks i beg uh nia jackson Shayna baszler are two people who <laughs> painfully should shouldn't be. actually be a tag team but at least no, they, they are one at least there is one because Shayna Baszler is fucking fantastic. She's yeah. amazing. And Nia Jax. I... Uh, who's next? <laughs> well, <laughs> before we get to that, where, where do we think these two are going to end up? Because I think it's probably a foregone conclusion. They'll probably stick together. Any so. company any company is lucky to get the Iconics. Hell, they are, like, they are money on legs. I, uh, I, I want them they're to, go, they're going go to, to Joshi Pro. Yeah. I want them to go all the way to Japan. I want them to do Joshi Pro and Stardom and... All, all of this, and but I want them to also be somewhere where they're getting as much TV and time as possible. AEW is most likely where they'll go. Um, dark order. I think but dark the, order. Nah, not Dark Order. Nah, I think dark, they'll, go, they'll go to AEW and they'll get involved in some storyline with Sean Spears. Yeah, of course, because Peyton's hubby. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if they'd, they'd link them up. I don't think so. We'll see how the pinnacle goes. Yeah, I don't have to be a fit for the pinnacle. I think that I I think they'll do it, but they'll do it in like a subversive way. They'll do it where it's not apparent that they're together, but there is definitely a an alliance there. Yeah. Um. Well, we'll see. There's no women's tag titles there. Uh, but it doesn't matter anyway. Like, you can still have them have decent matches. It'll be and... it'll be like they walked they're walking down the corridor and then there's a glance and they'll they'll it'll be a slow build. To I don't, I don't see it. But I'll I'll eat my hat if it happens. Uh, Greg, who is next? Billy Kay is going to super kick Sean Spears in a corridor. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, who the fuck is next? I just kicked Sean. <laughs> <laughs> oh no actually that, that actually dig that heavy I actually dig yeah. that <laughs> uh, Kalisto and I believe that's you guard uh, well Lucha 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 where's my PNG there it is alright I've already got one for him so there it is uh, <laughs> oh, in his classic <laughs> pose, of course. Hold on. Actual size as well. Pushing his tits up while pushing his arms out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think WWE.com can sell something like that. <laughs> Anything's a cool stuff if you try hard enough. <laughs> um... 
On May 26th, it was reported that he had signed a developmental contract with WWE. Kalisto made his NXT debut at a live event on September 20th. From here, he would mainly be featured in tag picture with his partner, El Local. On the July 17th, 2014 episode of NXT, Kalisto announced that he and El Local had parted ways. And the following weeks revealed Sin Cara as his new partner. Calling themselves the Lucha Dragons, they found success in winning the tag belts from the Ascension in September of that year. The pair dropped the belts in January 2015 to the team of a Blake and Murphy. They had a rematch but failed to recapture the belts. On the February 17th, 2015 episode of Main Event, Kalisto made his main roster debut in a tag team match where he and Sin Cara defeated Curtis Axel and Heath Slater. This would be the start of his main roster run where he mainly stayed partnered with Sin Cara. The pair would be featured well in the tag division, having a few shots at the title, but never managed to capture the gold. The pair did make history on May 31st at the Elimination Chamber. The Lucha Dragons competed in the first ever tag team Elimination Chamber match for the WWE Tag Team Championships, but failed to win. After Sin Cara had been sidelined with a shoulder injury, Kalisto defeated United States champion El Berto Del Rio in a non-title match with John Cena in his corner on the January 7th episode of SmackDown. However, Kalisto lost the title back to Del Rio on the January 14th episode of SmackDown. Following distraction from King Barrett, Kalisto regained the title from Del Rio on January 24th at the Royal Rumble, making him a two-time United States champion. Kalisto would have a decent run with the title, which lasted 119 days, facing off against Del Rio again, as well as a notable feud with Ryback. On May 22nd at Extreme Rules, Kalisto lost the title to your boy, Rusev. On April 10th, 2017, Kalisto was moved to Raw brand as part of a superstar shakeup. He entered a brief feud with Braun Strowman. Uh, which had his origins back at the Royal Rumble early in the year. If you remember any of his feuds with Braun Strowman, there was one point where he was thrown in a bin. Uh, there was one point <laughs> where there was one point where he tricked Braun Strowman into getting himself in the bin. Uh, <laughs> so there you go. Uh, on the October second episode of Raw, Kalisto returned as the newest member of the Cruiserweight division. As all other members of the division had broken WWE Cruiserweight Champion uh, Enzo Amore's no-contact clause and were not eligible to challenge him for the title, General Manager Kurt Angle signed Kalisto to the division as Amore's next challenger. On the October 9th episode of Raw, Kalisto defeated Amore in a main event lumberjack match to become the new Cruiserweight Champion. It was reported that Kalisto was a late replacement for Neville, who did not appear at the show, uh, also known as Puck. He lost the title back to Amaria on October 22nd at TLC, Tables, Ladders, and Chairs, failing to regain it in a rematch on November 19th at the Survivor Series kickoff show. Kalisto would then begin a partnership with a fellow Lucha Doors, Grand Metalik, and Lince Dorado, with the trio dubbing themselves, oh god, what's, what's going to happen to Lucha House Party? Oh yeah. yeah. I guess anyway. it would be those two. Dubbing themselves the Lucha House Party. As part of their gimmick, the Luchadors started to carry brightly colored noise makers and Vuvuzela horns with them, using them to celebrate after victory. They also carried a brightly colored pinata donkey with them to the ring, which they referred to as Penelope. The trio would prove fairly popular and would be featured often in the tag division. They had the odd shot at the title, but failed to capture the belts. But they would also be placed in some strange future, such as the one with Lars Sullivan. On October 11th, Lucha House Party was drafted to SmackDown, and as part of the 2019 WWE Draft in December, Kalisto suffered, suffered 
an injury in the shoulder, keeping him out of action. The trio would not do much else of note, mainly being used for main event or backstage segments, such as being involved in the 24-7 title. And asking Lashley for an autograph. I was going to say, you, you have said, what, what's Lucha House probably going to do? 24-7 title and then building an autograph collection. <laughs> oh, that's a gimmick. Getting all yeah. the other wrestlers' autographs. <laughs> Pawning them off on, on, on eBay. Just getting good <laughs> bank for it. TLC, uh, sorry, not TLC. Uh, Money in the Bank, they need to do it at Titan Towers again. But this time, it's Lindsay Dorado and Grand Metal League bursting into Vince's office, asking for his autograph. <laughs> <laughs> nothing that's to do like with, the ultimate to... goal of the gimmick. It's like they've got to get Vince's autograph, but that's the end game. Nothing to do with the match. They're not even in the match. They're just there. Oh no, they have a match. They're trying to, in... they're trying to sell it on like eBay or something. That's the whole yeah. Point. They have a yeah. match in themselves to be the first one to get it. So they fight up Titan Towers to be the first one to get to Vince McMahon. Then they got to persuade him to give to give them more graphs, despite the fact that neither of them are over. Um, Is it even called Titan Towers anymore? Did they just I, rename the other one I Titan guess. Towers, the new one? You know, Andrade, when he was released, said massively that WWE doesn't know how to use their Mexican talent, and he pointed to their masking for his autograph as a big example, and then now police are getting released. I don't think we're helping matters by giving them a gimmick where they just need to get autographs. Yeah, well, I mean... What <laughs> it's a gimmick. It's a gimmick. It's, it's absolutely mixed. no gimmick. It, got mixed it by Lashley. Get... Was it Umberto Carrillo? Was that, like, a couple of weeks ago? I think it was this Monday, wasn't it? Monday? I, I don't know, times. Something Possibly. Like that. Uh, just yeah, a absolute waste. It's true. Like he's not wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not even doing Mysterio and Mysterio Junior Junior. I'd say Kalisto was one of the closest they had for Lucha for a while. That was massively over and did was featured quite prominently. I mean, when you look through that, obviously had the run of the US title and then was quite. I remember the feud with Mori was quite well featured until it was typically reverted to the kickoff show. So I think he's, compared to a lot of other luchadors that they signed and they've had in the last decade or so, he's had probably the most success out of like a lot of the more like more well-known names that have recently been signed at the company. Like, just out of interest, while we're on, now we're on Kalisto and his feud with Amore, mm. what's been your favourite uh, cruiserweight match since it was brought back? Oh, uh, that would be uh, Buddy Murphy against anyone. But I think probably his match at um, Super Showdown. Super Showdown in in Australia, where he he did he but he, was it? It wasn't Cedric, was it? It was Ali. I think he beat Gulag. I want to say no. It was I don't think it was Gulag. I think it was one of those. Maybe maybe it was Gulag. But it was his win. That was my favorite. Uh, or if not that, his match against Ali just on a 205 Live that they had, which was like, an, it was either a no holds barred or an extreme rules or whatever, uh, where they brought in the ring steps and they did all this kind of thing. That was tremendous. There were so many good matches just hidden in in uh, in a lot of places. I would I mean, say pa- Pac and Cedric, I think well, formerly Neville, but Pac versus Cedric when they had their match was a very good Cruiserweight title match. I mean, honestly, any from the actual Cruiserweight classics. And that yeah. was also because they literally also pulled in outside talent what they had, Kota Ibushi and Zack Sabre Jr. for the first one, didn't they? Yeah. 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 So, I mean, And then it was because of that as well that 
Gargano and Champa showed how well they work together, which probably is more or less helped yeah. spark the idea of okay, we need to send them off on a feud. So for a dart at any match at the classic, and then yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna say Pac and Austin Aries, WrestleMania. Oh a good yeah, shout. Sure. When Austin Aries came out with that weird fur thing around his neck, that was weird. Um, <laughs> like, because that for that year's WrestleMania, that's the only match I can remember <laughs> what happened. <laughs> and it was the first match. It was the first pre-show match, if I remember. Yeah, it was, under, it was on the pre-show. That yeah. was one of the things that pissed them both off, because I think it, because it was on the pre-show, they were going to lose out on money that would have been involved with like the DVD sales and etc. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, where do we think Kalisto is going to end up? He probably end up in AEW. He's got the know. talent. He's got he's got the talent. He's got the charisma. Like he could go. I don't think he's ever going to challenge for the AEW title. Either that would be like he'll go or he'll go to Triple A. Yeah, that's. I, I, see him, I think he'll go there first. I see him going to a, a Mexican promotion. Uh, I also, I could see, I could see Kalisto going and having a having a nice, uh, a nice program in the junior division in um, mm-hmm. in, in New Japan. Like, go if if he goes and has like a best of the Super Junior tournament type thing going on, I think that'd be great. I would love to see him against. Uh, Taiji Ishimori, I'd love to see him against uh, any, just any of them, to be honest. Just, yeah, have him go over there, do a couple tournaments. I think Kalisto is one of them that is big enough to go wherever he wants, but he won't be limited to where he can go. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be a merger because AEW has a working relationship with AAA, don't they? Mm, Yeah. Yeah. So he'll probably go to Triple A, then I can imagine he'll make the odd trip across to AEW for some like some matches. But I, I think I'm also with you, guys. I could honestly see him. I could see him going kind of everywhere now that he's left. I think New Japan would definitely mm-hmm. want him in for a Super Juniors. Anywhere, I wouldn't. Kind of snap him up I wouldn't be surprised if if we if they do an AEW mix of the Triple A build towards probably not something on a pay per view, but but like uh, a um, a match between him and Kenny for the Triple A Championship. That'd be sick because that's you know like, high profile enough, and I think that would have enough people, enough eyes I'd on it to be like, I'd watch that. Like, you know? I, I don't watch uh, AW religiously. Mm. But, uh, what is is Darby Allen a face or a heel? He's a face. He's the he's TNT champion at the moment. Yeah, I, I know he's the TNT champion, but I think he could go. So he could go into AW and challenge for the TNT championship straight away. Yeah, I mean that's that's what you want to do with the TNT Championship is put some high profile matches on TV and having Kalisto come in just a face face match that'd be great. Uh, yeah. yeah, that would be that would be sound. I, I agree with that. I that's how you team. introduce him, like dead ass. Yeah, I think I'd... I think Darby Allen and Kalisto could have a hell of a match. Oh right, yeah, they could, I they was, could have a I was, I was thinking uh, Phoenix and Kalisto would have a heck of a match as well. Hell yeah. Do that, Kalisto and Phoenix, Kalisto, Neville, Kalisto, Pentagon, <sighs> any of like the the Luchador high flyers, like or just throw them in with have... them and call them the Death Square. Well, right, well that's the thing, right? Because <laughs> my 
my my my mind was like was like oh where could you fit him in in a stable but i i haven't seen him do much uh character work that isn't face for a very long time and i was thinking like i was thinking like could he fit into something like lij i don't know not as he is now but like if they could build the character slightly differently i wouldn't be surprised if you put him in a uh, in in a in a death triangle like thing or 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 lij or something like that he might just decide to go and sit at home i don't know who knows start a podcast <laughs> with ryback <laughs> and mojo roly what a trio that would be <laughs> feed uh, me more hype cast <laughs> feed me more hype enchiladas <laughs> There's Mexico. We can cross Mexico off. Uh, who's who's doing? Who's doing the next one? Let's go. Mickey James uh, was the next one up, and that I'm going to go for this one. So obviously, Mickey had a pretty decorated career with WWE until she left the company back in 2010, um, and would primarily work in TNA and the indie circuit. Uh, in October 13th, 2016, it was announced that James would be returning to the WWE developmental brand NXT um, at the Toronto Takeover Toronto event uh, to fight Asuka for the championship. Um, it was a pretty solid match as well. Uh, December 8th, though, it was announced that James had signed a multi-year contract and she would be returned to WWE. Uh, on the January 17th, 2017 episode of SmackDown Live, James made her return by helping Alexa Bliss retain the Women's Championship against Becky Lynch in a steel cage match, revealing herself to be a woman under the La Luchadora gimmick and establishing herself as a heel character while also allying with Bliss in the process. Oh, yeah. Her would only last until March when James turned her back on Bliss and turned face in the process. James would have a featured... Uh, Sorry, James would have a feature in a few matches for the women's title, but was never successful in winning the belt. Uh, she competed in the R- women's Royal Rumble match in 2018. She was also one of the first women to ever compete in the fir- in the Elimination Chamber match uh, the following month. During this time, she also turned heel and realigned herself with Alexa Bliss. In August, Alicia Fox joined them, and the trio started a feud with Hall of Famers Trish Strash and Lita, leading into the match at the first ever all-women pay-per-view, Evolution. Fox and James would be the ones featured in the match after Bliss was sidelined due to a concussion, and the pair would ultimately lose to the Hall of Famers. James would return to having various matches, such as the odd shot at the title. She would take part in the Women's Survivor Series elimination match in 2018 and would partner with Bobby Lashley in the Mixed Match Challenge uh, following on from that. James would make history during this run. On December 17th edition of Raw, she was uh, she became the most competing female in matches in the show's 25-year history with 164 total combined matches by this point. Her and Bliss would also try to qualify to become the first ever women's tag team champions, but failed to do this, losing to Nia Jax and Tamina. Uh, during a live event on June 1st, 2019, she suffered a torn ACL, which put her out of action for a couple of months. During this time, she became a commentator for the main event. Uh, after 40 months of injury, James did return to the ring and entered a program with Asuka for the women's title, but she was unsuccessful. Uh, she would make very few appearances, with two notable exceptions being on the January 4th, 2021 edition of Legends Night for Raw and the Royal Rumble following that. Uh, in April, she appeared on the stage for the opening of WrestleMania 37 alongside the rest of the active roster, but obviously following this, she was let go. As we've already said, I think she's going to be quite a big like established legend get for a brand i think AEW could benefit with having her experience just to help bolster that division up a bit more because i think that's what's sort of lacking in the division a bit they don't have many well-established 
names and legends and something like a Mickey James could really help push that division further because that's sort of a role now. I think that's what she even she was trying to do. She just wanted to be active on the roster to help this new talent. And then ultimately she just kind of became forgotten again, just kind of mm. left to the background. So I feel like that's where she could benefit is going to like help some of that newer talent. Yeah, very well could say that. That's probably where she'd be uh, best for other other members of uh, of the roster and everything like that. It's it's entirely possible that she'll go to NWA and she will go yes. and be with Aldis, uh, yeah, her, her partner. Um, so I, you know, that that's very possible, and she she'd do great there as well. Mm. Um, so that might be the case. Maybe they'd get some kind of manager thing going on, you know, for each other type thing who knows uh but yeah i think i think well they because they kind of all have a bit of a somewhat working relationship with each other i wouldn't be surprised if we saw aldis appear on aew sometime and obviously we had um kingston at one point you know was kind of with them and everything so and obviously we, we have the thunder rosa uh you know coming over with that championship so Honestly, if you're with if you if she goes to any of these, she could kind of jump anywhere, and maybe that's that would be the strongest thing. Just go and do that uh, program with uh, Chelsea Green. Go and do something with Aldis. Go and do anything anywhere because she's Mickey James. Like she's one of the most prolific uh, women's wrestlers ever. For to me, a very easy Hall of Fame. Uh, I, I was going to say, say yeah, I, really agree. it's not the last of her we've seen in WWE. She'll be, I give it, I say, give it another year or two, and she's probably going to be a Hall of Fame pick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, she'll be a get for any think... company because she's a she's a she's a leader. She's like she's you can she strikes me as a like a big locker room leader and like a, 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 a almost like so, yeah, but like she's a, she's adored. So uh, yeah, it, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if she'd be like a great producer as well and yeah. a great great trainer for for that. She strikes yeah. me as like a, a Natalia, very yeah yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, like you say a, a leadership behind behind the scenes. I mean you know we don't know them personally. Maybe the bitch <laughs> probably <laughs> not probably not though. She seems she seems lovely. So that's I I agree. She she could probably be great. Uh, as just like in in AEW where they need it and they need more of a push for the women's division. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Uh, yeah. So next the up, thing that annoyed me with Mickey, the th- sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, the thing that annoyed me with James when she came back was aligning herself with Alexa. Like, oh yeah, why? You've just come off this amazing match with Oscar, and you're just going to be subordinate to the champion. Well, it's so that they could make a tag team for the Why? tag team division. <laughs> <laughs> the irony, looking no, back, like, like she should have been like straight that... in and just being like, she, she, she should have had those matches with it, like. Uh, uh, your your Baileys and your Charlottes and uh, and your Sasha Banks is, is, uh, but the whole uh, the, the whole El Luchadora thing, where I was like, oh, who's it gonna be? And it it just it was such a weird story. I'd forgotten all about it until you mentioned it then. Uh, uh, you're welcome. It, 
the irony of them, like, because I remember back then they were like forming tag teams galore from out of nowhere, even back as far as um, when the four horsewomen debuted on um, the main roster. They were like Team PCB, Team Bad, and the other one. Um, and it was just like, Team why Bella. are Team Bella? Oh, dare I forget who was a. Who was it the third even, one? It wasn't even the four horsewomen. No, that was it. It, was, it wasn't even the four horsewomen. It was uh, It was Becky and Charlotte teamed up with Paige to form PCB. Then you had Nikki Bella, Brie Bella, and Alicia Fox having Team Bella. And then you had Naomi, Tamina, and then Sasha Banks being Team Bad. Wow. So am I next? <laughs> yes, poor Dallas. Let's go. Let's get into the main the, the uh, event. Do you believe, Garrett? Uh, I don't believe. I don't believe Garrett, but I do believe. I do. <laughs> I have been a, a Bo supporter for many months on this podcast. We've been talking about what to do with Bo and how he'd be great. So he's been released. Bo signed uh, a developmental deal with WWE and struggled with promise given he comes from a family with a rich wrestling pedigree. His father is Mike Rotunda, known as IRS in WWE. His uncles are Barry and Kendall Winham, and his grandfather is Blackjack Mulligan. He's also the younger brother of one Bray Wyatt. Bo started off his WWE run in Florida Championship Wrestling, FCW, in 2008, where he mainly competed in tag team action with his brother, and they did hold the titles. However, an injury would see him sidelined for a while. When he did return, he found himself in the main event picture chasing the FCW World Heavyweight Championship. On February 3rd, 2011, Rotunda defeated Mason Ryan to win the FCW Championship for the first time but lost the championship to Lucky Cannon immediately afterward. He regained the championship from Cannon three months later. On May 19th, he would unfortunately vacate the belt sometime later due to an injury. When he returned in January 2012, he would win the titles with his brother again and would later down the line win the FCW championship for a third time. In 2012, WWE rebranded FCW as NXT, Rotunda made his NXT television debut in the, Jan, uh, in the June 20th episode of NXT, portraying a happy-go-lucky and resilient character under the ring name of Bo Dallas. During the first year, he would have a feud with Wade Barrett. He was on the main roster, making sporadic appearances between the two brands. He also entered a feud with his brother, who had now formed the Wyatt family. Dallas would see the biggest win of his career on June 12th when he defeated Big E Langston to become the NXT champion. It was during this run the NXT audience would begin to grow a disliking to Dallas to the point of the crowd literally turning their backs on him while cheering uh, all of his opponents and uh, regardless of who he faced, thus turning him heel in the process. At NXT arrival in February 2014, Dallas lost the title to Neville Pack. He would continue to stay in NXT a little longer before eventually getting the call up to the main roster. On April 7th of Raw, WWE started airing motivational-style introductory vignettes for Dallas. On the May 23rd episode of SmackDown, Dallas made his official main roster debut by defeating Sin Cara. This was the start of a winning streak, most of which Dallas won by the skin of his teeth or outside circumstances. The streak would be beaten by... Our truth on the July 28th episode of Raw, 
prompting a small feud between the two. Dallas would find himself not doing much noteworthy following the streak, mainly being relegated to Jobber or matches on the pre-show, with one notable exception being he was placed in the Social Outcast stable. In June 2017, Dallas and Curtis Axel would join The Miz and become The Miz Taraj, which I fucking loved. Uh, the two would essentially act as Miz's muscle, helping him to win matches. It had a decent and uh, rememberable run, but the two left The Miz in April 2018, following that year's WrestleMania. Dallas and Axel would remain a team, calling themselves The B Team, B Team. Go, go, go. Uh, I've lost my place. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they themselves hold the tag team gold during this time and briefly aligning themselves whoops, with Shane McMahon. Everyone remember them aligning themselves with Shane McMahon? Yeah. Everyone remember uh, Raw Underground? You guys remember? <laughs> what were we talking about? I can't remember most people's names, but I remember this shit. <laughs> uh, would you guys like to guess where it went next? What title did they hold next? Anyone want anyone, anyone to guess what title uh, they would hold next when WWE has no idea what to do with them? Is it the 24-7 Championship? It's the 24-7 Championship. They sporadically held the 24-7 Championship. Uh, sort of in that picture. Uh, in December 2019, Dallas asked WWE for time off, which was granted. While on April 30th, 2020, his tag team partner, Curtis Axel, was released by the WWE. Dallas would be let go in April this year after over a full year on being off WWE TV. With words saying he was backstage uh, the bulk of the time, but he was never given anything to do. Uh, the dirt sheets and things like that have mentioned that he actually owns some real estate now with mm. uh, with one uh, Liv Morgan. So he's he's invested in the future, it seems, and uh, it's possible he he might be done. Who knows? I hope not. I'm a big bow. I'm a big bow lever. So I I don't want him to be. I don't want I don't want my 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 precious boy <laughs> to be done to be look, look. Shh, don't listen to him all right look. I believe okay I believe Shh. well you, you see with these investments that he's made in real estate mm -hmm. he could bore leave in the future he might not believe in the future. It depends. It depends how much WWE have. Uh, this is actual size. Um, it depends how much WWE have have beaten down our baby boy, our, our Bo Bobby boy. That's like the weirdest ventriloquism act ever. The main thing is though, it doesn't matter if he believes in the future. If he ball, if he doesn't believe in the future, does he believe in himself? I hope so. I believe. I hope so. Like, I believe. I'll believe in Bo. Uh, no, but a, a genuine... Because we've been saying this for a while on this here little podcast. Genuinely, I think that Bo Dallas is such an underutilized talent. It's ridiculous. Um, so was Curtis Axel. You had two people yeah. who have such a lineage uh, yeah. in wrestling and such a, you know... Such such stories you could tell, and they were 
bloody great in the ring. And you just do nothing with them. It's crazy. It's crazy to me. As for where Bo could go, I don't know. Is the answer to that one. It's almost going to... It's been so long since he's had a character. Um, and so long since, like, he's been the main character, if you know what I mean. Mm. Like, even when they were tagging, they were the Miztourage, and then their, their gimmick that got over quite heavily, in fact, and then was forgotten, the B-team. Um, yeah, that could have gone for a while, but it just didn't. I don't know. Do, would would we ever see Axel and him together? Maybe, maybe not. Um, I don't know. I, I would like to see Bo everywhere. I would like to see Bo on posters in Times Square, but uh, life isn't that fair. So, personally, I would like to see him just show up in a stable in new japan maybe chaos or i don't know bullet club why not he could he could he could like he could bullet club oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I love you scott that, that, that's a t-shirt that's a t-shirt <laughs> Do you know, what, do you know what I've just realised? Of Garrett Tarkin. We need to sack the myth. So, uh, Damien Sandow. You don't have long to talk to... to, to, to Damien Sandow. Curtis Axel, gone. Bo Dallas, gone. What have the rub-on effect of the Miz. They were all affiliated with the Miz. Get rid of the Miz! No, don't. I love the Miz. But Johnny Johnny Mundo was gone as well, but he came back. So if that's anything to go by, Bo uh, will be back. Yeah, but what's Johnny Mundo done since he's come back? His best. No, he hasn't. He really hasn't. No, he hasn't. He's been present. He's been, he's been there. I think... Yeah, but he's done fuck think... all. <laughs> <laughs> he's been... Since he's come back, he's been the Miz's lackey. Who just fired? <laughs> who was that? <laughs> who, who sat there thinking, like, I I bet this isn't going to be picked up. I thought someone was doing a sound effect. I thought someone, I thought this was like a radio show where you just like, give me mew, mew, mew. <laughs> We're turning into Weenie in the butt. Is that what's <laughs> Don't listen to it, Bo. Don't listen to it. It's rude. I love you, Bo. <laughs> they can all get together in TNA and be the NW Bo, and it'll be fine. NW Bo. Right. If we if we ever get to making T-shirts and stuff, Scott's in charge of branding. <laughs> yeah, that's the chief branding officer. <laughs> I've been here a week. In, in fact, Scott, I'm, I'm going to change that on your profile on the website. You're now chief branding officer. <laughs> Thank you. I'll have five T-shirt designs by the end of this week. <laughs> can I be the Can I be the CEO? Yes, you can. <laughs> Jess, Jess can be travel minister. I, I, I was going to say, can I be 
Uh, CV Broth. CV Broth. Ah, bringing the bringing Riddle into it. You gotta, you gotta. I'm not a you big gotta. Riddle fan. I, I, I like Riddle. <laughs> I'll, I'll be a big Riddle fan just for the title. <laughs> yeah. No, actually, like, I didn't really like Riddle when he was in NXT, but since he's went to the main roster, I fell in love with him. He's great. He is. He's tremendous. Um, All right. Well, that's that's Bo. Where do you guys want to see him go? Where do you want to see him go? TNA. I I wanted to find Heath Heath Slater again. Uh, I I want him to go back. I want him to go back. Sorry. Uh, I want him to go to AEW and reshape the Dark Order. Okay. I think the I issue mean, with the Dark like, Order thing, though, is is it's nigh on impossible to give them a new leader, which is why I don't think they're doing it, just because of the legacy of Brody. No, I, I don't. I don't want them to have a new leader. I want mm. like I want him to take them in a new direction, even if it's not directly, just like influence. Okay. Like, I, I don't think I don't think they should have, an, have a have a leader, but. They need to have someone who's like directing them, even if it's undermining them in a certain way, trying to break them apart from the inside. What number would you give them? Because everyone in Dark Order has to have a number. Sixty-nine. Nice. All right. Who's next? Who is next? Is, there, I believe uh, it's, is it the main event next? I believe it's the main event. Let's go to the main event. Just take I us home with Samoa Joe. So, Samoa Joe made his NXT debut at NXT TakeOver Unstoppable, where he stopped Kevin Owens from attacking an injured Sami Zayn with a chair. Um, he made his in-ring debut on the June 10th episode of NXT, Defeating Scott Dawson of FTR fame. He would briefly continue this feud with with his, his feud with Owens and picked up a win over Baron Corbin at TakeOver Brooklyn. He was then paired with Finn Valor to enter the Dusty Rhodes Classic, the initial Dusty Rhodes Classic, where they would go on to defeat Corbin and Rhino, Baron Corbin and Rhino in the finals. And Rhino. So underutilized. Yeah, I I love Rhino. Oh Rhino, yeah, Rhino. On the November fourth episode of NXT, he turned Joe turned heel by attacking Balor. This would result in a long rivalry, which saw Joe lose two title matches at Takeover London and Dallas to Balor. However, at the Takeover. Sorry, however, on the April in April sixteen, April two thousand sixteen, Joe beat Balor in a non-televised show to become the champ, NXT champion. He would then retain the title in a cage in NXT Takeover. The end, the first cage match in NXT. Yeah, it was, uh, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a good one too. Well, it was See, good, like, solid. The, Before I I go on, that's what I love about NXT. They do not use gimmick matches very often. The one they use the most is like ladder matches, which is fine. War games! War games! War games! 
Four games. games. I will not. Like, if the last thing I ever hear in the world is William Regal announcing war games, I will die happy. Sentiment is shared. There could be worse ways to go. I need to just glue this here. <laughs> you could put, we could probably use Bibles. <laughs> Little WWE mics. Anyway, Joe would then enter a program with Shinsuke Nakamura, who defeated him for the title at TakeOver Brooklyn 2. During the match, Joe suffered a legitimate dislocated jaw. And on NXT TakeOver Toronto, Joe defeated Nakamura to win the belt back and became the first ever two-time champion. However, he lost the title to Nakamura on the December 3rd, 2016, 2000, December 3rd, 2016, in Osaka, Japan, to Nakamura, thus making Nakamura the second ever two time champion. Then on the January 30th episode of Gen- January 30th, 2017 episode of Raw, Joe made his main roster debut, attacking Rollins and aligned himself with Triple H. The following week on Raw, he defeated Roman Reigns in his main roster debut after a distraction by Braun Strowman. Joe then entered a brief feud with Sami Zayn and Seth Rollins. Joe defeated Balor, Rollins, Reigns and Wyatt in an extreme in, in an extreme rules match to become the number one contender to the Universal Championship. The following night on Raw, Joe would confront Paul Heyman where we where he would choke him out with a Kenona clutch as a message to Brock Lesnar. At Great Balls of Fire, Joe would unsuccessfully challenge Lesnar for the Universal Championship. But mm. how good was oh. Joe in that feud? So good. Like, so Joe good. Was, I think that's when Joe showed to the maybe people who hadn't seen him in Ring of Honor or TNA or wherever else how good he is on the mic. No one got a reaction from Brock Lesnar quite like that since, like, or or beforehand. Like, he looked genuinely angry, and it was look look me in the eyes when I'm talking to you. Uh, Yeah, that line is so good. Yeah, like Joe is one of them people who forget you. Apart from your Lesnar's, your Bobby Lashley's, your Jake Hager's, of all the wrestlers who've gone into MMA, Joe's the one who you could see going far. Maybe not now because he's a bit older, but like maybe seven, eight years ago, you could see him going into whether it be UFC or Bellator or whatever. You could see him doing it. Because mm. who oh, who was it? Was it I think it might. I think it might have been Cain Velasquez. Joe was part of his training camp, not for the fight with Lesnar, but for the fight after Lesnar. So more Joe was part of his training camp because he's right. that good right. at because uh, he's that good at jujitsu. Like Joe's legit. Mm. Like he could. He could. When they when they chant Joe's gonna kill you, they mean Joe could kill you. <laughs> uh, honestly, the best insiguri in the business. Oh, oh! It, it, his, his, like, his, like, casual, like, hit them in the corner, turn, and then just effortless, like, flick mm-hmm. round. It, 
exceptional. Any uh, uh, anytime, I mean, he was just a, such a well-rounded wrestler. He has some of the best footwork in the biz. Uh, he, uh, I don't know, he just has some of the most powerful-looking moves, and for the most part, safe. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I guess you know, Muscle Buster is an anomaly there, um, but yeah, nonetheless. He's been very safe, even with the muscle buster. Like, yeah. think how long Joe's been going. Like, he's been going 25 years. Like, oh, yeah, enough. I wouldn't I, I wouldn't be surprised things. if a lot of the, the things that went wrong wrong were kind of freak things and maybe miscommunication yeah, like, of some kind, but... But, yeah. even that, like, even, <laughs> like, from his work from Ring of Honor, TNA, NXT, WWE, when he has used the muscle buster, there hasn't been that many people who've been hurt. He's very ridiculously safe. And even even with those, like, you saying, like, all of his moves look powerful, they look legit, They, but as well as that, like, it's this strange thing with Samoa Joe, and, it, and I think Kevin Owens has this to him as well, but there's, an, like, an inch, despite, like, their size, they have an interesting flow to how they move. It's like, a it like, when, when Joe does that, like, sequence where he gets him in the corner and does that rope into Guri, where it looks like it damn near would make his jaw fly off into Rosette. It's like, the sudden burst of speed. It's, it's yeah. like, it, it's, um... It has a rhythm to it. it right, just, yeah. I think it, I think yeah, we're both like trying to get that out. It's like it, he's got that footwork and that pace. He knows when when the perfect time to tell a tell a story in his moves is, right? Like that Enziguri where he, he goes from this like explosive burst of speed to get him in the corner, casual turn and then just perfect like spin into it. To a lot of people would bad wrestlers. All right, or people without that kind of experience, or people that don't know how to, people without the ring psychology would do these moves very quickly and tie themselves out. Tie, tie, yeah, they'd get blown up, or even if they wouldn't get blown up, the moves would just kind of like be like it would it would breeze over, no one would care, right? Um, but Joe, it is is just exceptional at at using the blank space perfectly in his moves using the blank space perfectly in any match um god just <laughs> someone jumping from the top rope him selling and then just like casually walking away gets oh. me every time it gets me every time it's amazing uh he's he's exceptional he was in the the greatest three-way match of all time uh him aj and daniels way back oh. when that was tremendous it's it was a terrible shame. He was probably in one of the best feuds of all time, him and Punk. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like, uh, obviously, I don't know, but have you seen their uh, trio of matches in Ring of Honor? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, they're some of the best wrestling matches I've ever seen. And it's two people who just know the business, know how to go, how to pace, how to just everything. Uh, like when I when I was younger, um, one of the few free sports channels uh, you could get on Sky, Short Ring of Honor, and I started watching it, and it was just lead, like leading up to the feud for their third match, or or their second match, and. 
it was so good. Like I loved wrestling at the point, but that was like when I found out CM Punk was going to WWE, I was like, I was in. Yeah. I, was like, I don't care. Yeah. Like I'm in for punk. And Joe was one of the reasons I started watching TNA. Yeah. Like they they are that good. Like Joe can I know we've been saying with this, like, where do you think he's gonna go? Joe can anywhere. go anywhere. anywhere. Anywhere and he's in the, the top spot. He could walk in and demand yeah. a title shot. And no one would bat an eye. No really. Question it. Um I would love I would fucking love to see Joe in the G one in Japan in a round robin yeah. tournament where he faces now now here's my dream my dream Joe G one. My dream Joe G one. Uh my my G G I Joe G one <laughs> is knowing it's half the battle. Be, uh, he's in block A. Osprey in block B because they'll let let them fight at the end. Why not? Block A. Uh, you have Toriano, so you can have a comedy match with Joe because Joe could do that too. Um, you have Minoru Suzuki. Oh, Minoru Joe. Suzuki and Joe. Oh, Ooh. oh, the oh, oh, oh. Mm. Mm. the violence. Mm. I'm getting the violence. I'm getting flavors of of uh, of of just just elegance and and oh, it's savory. It's sweet. It's oh, two it's big a... boys beating the piss out of each other. It will be great. Uh, uh, Speaking of big I'm boys, getting a get Jeff Cobb in there. Get Jeff Cobb in there as well. Oh, Joe. I'm, def- I'm definitely. Joe I'm definitely Jeff. getting a flavor of uh, what's that? Death. Death. <laughs> yes, it is. It is death in the ring. It would be amazing. Uh, who else are we throwing into that G one bracket? Tomohiro Ishii. Oh my God, Tomohiro oh. Ishii. The Stone Pitbull against Samoa Joe. Oh my oh, God. Wonderful. Oh, wonderful. Please, please. All right. Well, let's 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 go to I'm, another I'm gonna... area with it. I'm gonna say. Let's go with Zack Sabre Junior. <sighs> Oh, yeah, yeah. Jay White. Jay White. It's times like this, um, I'm especially sad that Shibata had to retire. Oh, oh my God. Come out of retirement just for one match, please. Yeah. Like, I, I don't care. I'm going to say this. I really want to see some more Joe and Kazuchika Okada. Yeah, hell yeah. Okada Joe. Give me that match now. G1. Fuck it. Throw in... Uh, okay. Shingo Takagi as well Shingo. in that bracket. Why not? Kenta, or in Kenta, just do it. Like, yeah, why not? Kenta like, versus I'm, Joe I'm is much better that. than Hideo Itami versus Joe. Yeah, exactly. Right, there needs to be a new series of pay per views for New Japan. Some more Joe versus. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Have you have you have any of you guys ever seen the uh, Minoru Suzuki versus Kazuchika Okada in the rain match? No, no, no. I I will have to I will have to uh, find that for you. Well, it's on it's on New Japan World, but they I think it was for Minoru Suzuki's um, like what would the, what would be the word? Like he's been in the business for thirty years type anniversary show. And it was um, the main event was him versus Kazuchika Okada outside in the rain, 
and it was just so good. I want a Joe in the rain match. I want, <laughs> I want a Samoa Joe in the rain against uh, Ibushi or, or or Naito or Okada or anyone. I don't care. It, him, Just him against the mop in the rain. Tell you what, since we're I'm fantasy sorry, booking I'm... still... Oh, so, sorry, Jace, you go. Sorry, I was, I was going to say, like... Again, with the fantasy book, I was going to say, outside of WWE, the match I really want to see is Samoa Joe against the other Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe against Roman Reigns for the right to be known as Samoa Joe. Because I think that match, without the restraints of WWE, where they could go hell-bent for leather, would be amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid one of those men is never leaving that place ever in his life. He's earning yeah, five million a year. Yeah. No, but do you know what I mean? Did, did you, do you remember? Do you remember at WrestleMania? Do you remember at WrestleMania when they stood on the on the entrance uh, and everyone was there and Vince was like, "It's so good to have a uh, crowd back." Roman Reigns was closer to Vince than anyone else. He then is. his own son. Then his own then son. His own son. <laughs> oh my god! My favorite thing in the world is just like uh, Vince McMahon wishing like John Cena a, a happy birthday and writing like three tweets where he's just like, oh, "I love this guy. This guy has made our company." And then, and then just like, "Happy birthday!" Happy Shane. birthday, Shane! <laughs> <laughs> oh, exceptional! All right, so, so all right, sorry, Scott. Uh, before we move on to Scott's point, like if we're going to fantasy book. Like, if you could see any one match with Joe outside of WWE with a WWE wrestler, who would it be? Because mine, mine would be Roman Reigns. Shinsuke Nakamura. <laughs> I mean, I, I could see a point because, like, the matches they had next day were decent, but it's not like New Japan levels. Well, yeah, I want, what you're I want, for is just want... like um, a, a pay per view match without a WWE restraint. Mm. Uh, with I WWE want Shinsuke wrestling. to go full old-fashioned strong style where he comes out and does those crazy good entrances like mm. he used to um, and just kick the, have them kick the ever-loving piss out of each other for our entertainment. I had one, but I just need to double-check if they haven't actually wrestled already. Like, Who are you thinking? Process. I was thinking I always... Matt Riddle, but then, but then I remembered Joe did the indie circuit just before he went to WWE, and I think that's right. I don't know if they crossed at that point because Riddle wasn't there for too long. No, they've uh, got after, a match. Okay. They do. No, no. Sorry, also... I'm looking at the wrong thing. Oh no, so they haven't. So yeah, probably him and Matt Riddle. Yeah, good shout. I, I also oh, throw out someone like uh, Seth Rollins. They they must have crossed back and Tyler Black and and whatnot. Um, yeah. But I, uh, a, a match of them now well, wouldn't Scott, be bad. Scott, what you I, I would like to change my answer because okay. I, I, I overlooked a glaring answer, and I thought I was uh, Walter. Absolutely, Walter, one hundred percent, Walter. I barely even see him as a WWE wrestler. I just see him as yeah, the best European wrestler. Yeah, like yeah. The, what a match that would be. Ah, oh, like the yeah, two. The two best big man storytellers in, I'd say, wrestling right now. Oh, yeah. So that's it. We need to petition WWE and Progress, Volta, Samoa Joe, Progress, Newcastle (laughs) 2. This time, this castle's even newer. (laughs) 
I think that's a perfect place. I think that's a perfect place. Your suck as Chief Brandon offers. No, he's getting a raise. (laughs) (laughs) That's terrible. We're actually going to pay him. Two hundred percent increase on your pay, so still zero. Uh, at least get me lunch tomorrow. I'm fine with it. <laughs> All right, I think. I just, say, I, I just say Newcastle. So Greg can finally get his T-shirt that says Newcastle is progress. Yeah, oh. I was annoyed when they didn't have them when they came. I was upset. And Sunderland is regress. <laughs> yeah, very true. <laughs> <laughs> Put Sunderland on the on the map. Um, <laughs> brilliant. Well, I think we can just cap it off there, lads. So yeah, if you want to find us on the socials, Bearhook Club Podcast, Facebook and YouTube, Bearhook Club Pod, Instagram, Bearhook Club on Twitter. We also have a, an official website set up. It's a long ass address. It's either on the screen or I'll put it in the description on wherever you get your pods from. Uh, thanks for joining us again, and we'll catch you next week. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.